week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer. A little bit later, we'll bring on Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, and I'm going to ask him about the improved support allegedly for classical music in Apple Music. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Jeff, welcome back. Awesome to be here. Well, it's awesome to have you, and I wanted to hit you up with the first question. You have an article in the Mac Observer about a probe by the New York State Attorney General into broadband internet speeds. Right. Now, now, I don't know if this guy's running for higher office or not, but is there a reason to suspect that you're not getting the speeds you're paying for? Because I haven't seen that happen too much in my recent experience. Okay, well, in my experience, except for when I was having legitimate technical problems, meaning the cable line coming into my place was really old and disintegrating, and had to be replaced. I have always gotten really good connection speeds and the bandwidth that I'm getting is totally in line with what Comcast is advertising and selling to me. Now, that said, anecdotally, I know a lot of people that complain that the broadband speeds they get are never even close to what they're paying for. And, and keep in mind, I'm in Colorado, so I can't speak to uh, to what's happening in New York. But if that anecdotal evidence holds up, then my guess is that there have been a lot of people complaining in New York State about really slow broadband speeds. And enough complaints have come in that the Attorney General decided it's time to start uh, doing an investigation and see if there really is a problem or if this is just a case of people not trusting their broadband providers and uh, feeling like their speed should just feel faster. There are a lot of issues there, a lot of permutations. Obviously, it's easy to check your speed, but that is only going to show these speed tests, your performance in the city in which they do the test, and even then to your ISP. But your ISP Mm -hmm. is seldom a direct connection to the site you're going to, and that may be the problem. Oh, sure. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong along the way and slow down your your perceived internet performance. Now, I like what the New York State Attorney General is doing. He has provided a URL that people can go to and run an internet speed test. And what it does is it, it checks through three different services, I believe, all going to different areas and then it averages those. So it makes it a little easier, hopefully, to figure out what sort of performance people are really getting. After you do that test, then there's an online form that the attorney general's office is asking residents to fill out, and they're going to aggregate all of this data 
and then decide if there actually is a problem with the speeds that internet service providers are giving. We're still getting back to the fact that the ISP may be dealing with an upstream provider like a level three or a Tata communication or one of those where they're connecting to this other company who then connects to the data center of the site you're trying to reach. I ran into a problem, this was maybe a couple of years ago, where I was getting really low speeds in trying to upload and download files from one of the hosts I dealt with for our dedicated server. Mm -hmm. And I contacted them and they ran speed tests in their data center and it was extraordinary. So somewhere between the ISP I was working with at the time, CenturyLink, and their data center, things went awry. Because if I measured the usual speed test or one of those sites, I was getting more than I was paying for. I think I was paying for 40 megabits and I was getting close to 50. I was perfectly happy with that. And 20 upload. So it was really, really good, except for the fact that I couldn't get good performance here. And I've gotten had some complaints from listeners to my radio show that it would take a long time to download the files. So we did some testing and found that one of the intermediary telecoms, Cogent, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, another one of those companies, there was a collision or a traffic jam or something at the point in which they connected to CenturyLink. Okay, remember what's happening here, it's hopping from place to place when you access a website or you upload files to a place. It's hopping through different services. So here there was a collision. And at the end, I opened a service ticket with Cogent, and they investigated and said it was CenturyLink's fault. Of course. And then Century investigated. CenturyLink's legal department wrote me and said, you know what? It's their fault. You know, it's like the argument, where'd he go? He went that away, and the fingers are pointing in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Isn't this fascinating? So at the end of the day, though, after that happens, suddenly... The traffic goes through a different upstream provider, which was Tata Communications. And Tata, by the way, is part of a global conglomerate based in India that also owns the company that makes Jaguars and Land Rovers. What a small world. What a small world. But that fixed a problem. And I've checked with multiple data centers for the various servers we've dealt with. I haven't seen the problem. But you see, this is why it's so complicated. So, yeah, we may see people write to the Attorney General of New York or just do the test that most people will do, which is a speed test, find out everything's okay, and the ISP says everything is okay, but they never solve the real problem because unless they do what I did, which took months, they'll never get at the source. Now, this is the other thing that the New York Attorney General's office is looking into because they believe, or at least they suspect, that there may be an issue with that data path handing off between all of these different services. And there's there's the agreements that are in place that, uh, that allow your data to pass between all these different networks and still get where it's supposed to go. And it's supposed to be allowed to go through without, without anything hampering it. And uh, in the attorney general's office, uh, for whatever reason, has decided that's something they need to look into as well. So it may very well be the type of problem you experienced is something that that uh, New York residents are experiencing, 
and they uh, and and so they need to have something happen to remedy the issue and if it's actually gotten to the point where the state attorney general's office needs to get involved then it's a pretty bad problem uh, now now we'll see because they're collecting data right now and uh, and we don't know what the outcome is going to be but still, the fact that, that we're in a place right now where the state of New York is actively investigating and crowdsourcing information from its own residents, that's a pretty big thing. Now, the other issue, which is more about advertising and promotion than anything else, is the fact that most ISPs set some kind of data cap. Yes. Now, it's not like the same thing as with your wireless carrier where it's part of the deal. I'm going to get 10 gigabytes of bandwidth or five or one or whatever with your isp you take the package you say okay this is 50 megabits this is 100 this is 300 this is whatever service they're selling and that's your download speed maybe your upload speed is less but up front they're not always telling you about what kind of bandwidth you're allowed that may not seem like right. a lot, or it may seem like a lot until you start downloading lots of movies, high-definition movies, streaming to your Mac PC or your TV set with an Apple TV or an Amazon Fire TV from Netflix. You're <clears throat> basically gorging yourself, binge-watching Netflix, and suddenly your ISP flags or warns you, you just exceeded your bandwidth cap. we got more to come. Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer is joining us. By the way, go to plus.technightowl.com to learn about the Tech Night Owl Plus. A lot more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids. R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Concerned about harmful contaminants in your water? Look to ProPure, the most trusted name in gravity water filtration systems. ProPure, with the silver-infused Pro1 G2.0 filter, removes over 200 contaminants, including VOCs, heavy metals, chloramines, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, fluorides, and radiologicals. We don't just say it, we back it up. The Pro1 G2.0 filter is NSF 42 certified and independently tested to meet NSF. SF-53 and P-231 standards. Pro-Pure Water, the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. Purchase with confidence in quality, performance, and customer service. Take advantage of our biggest holiday 25% off sale going on now. Visit your authorized Pro-Pure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 
Call 800-544-3533. 800-544-3533. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV A revolution in body protection has arrived only at FortressSurvivalLLC.com. Introducing the revolutionary patented Level 3 Bulletproof Vest. 100% Kevlar, 100% American-made. Concealable, fully adjustable, and the lowest price on the market. Adult size normally $289.99, now just $250. Kid size normally $239.99, now just $200. Get affordable protection with a Level 3A Bulletproof Vest from FortressSurvivalLLC.com. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Psalm 31.3. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer, and we start off our discussion about the New York State Attorney General's probe into Internet speeds, and not just the traffic from your ISP, but the interconnections with these other providers that may cause things to slow down. And the other question I was raising here is the fact that quite often the bandwidth cap you get with your standard broadband service is not something that is advertise up front you have to sometimes search for it and see what you're allowed right i wasn't even aware that i had a cap but it's a cap that's not being enforced so how much of a cap is that really but anyhow i wasn't aware until other people started talking about their comcast data caps and then i had to go online and look at my account and sure enough it says there's a 250 or 300 gig a month cap which also happens to fit in quite nicely, like almost exactly what I end up using every single month because I'm a cord cutter. And so I get most of my TV, movie, and music entertainment by internet streaming. 
So at the end of the day, you've exceeded your data cap then because someone in your business and my business, we're online all the time pulling data. Yes, yes. Even if I wasn't streaming content for uh, for entertainment, I would still be putting a serious dent into my monthly data cap with Comcast uh, simply because this is my job. This is what I do. Now, some ISPs will allow you to buy more data. Other ISPs will either throttle you or disconnect you. If you are a chronic offender, they can even terminate your service. So I would think here, if the attorney general's probe is successful, maybe he would understand that he could ask ISPs to advertise what your bandwidth cap is in a prominent way. Okay, you're getting 200 gigabytes. And what their policy is. Do we sell more? Do we throttle you? Do we fire you? Now, in all fairness, Cox has raised their data caps. For their high-end plans, you get up to two terabytes. Oh, nice. That's enough for most people, I think. Unless, you know, you're getting 4K content, of which there's not a lot, and you're streaming it 24 hours a day or something. I, I think that's more than enough. I do not use anywhere near my bandwidth cap. Now, in all fairness, I should mention this. When I had CenturyLink... They only count you in terms of the data you download. What you upload, they didn't count. Oh, Isn't that okay. interesting? So that, yeah, and that's nice because that that gives you a little bit, well, a little bit of flexibility. Well, someone like me it gives me a lot of flexibility because I'm sending a lot of files. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. So that that would be a really cool thing for me too because I do send a lot of files. Let us move on, my friend. Okay. All right. Enough about the data caps and enough about the ISPs. But you know what? If you listeners are having problems and you're not in New York State and you just want to vent, come vent, you know, write us a letter, news at technightowl.com. Contact Jeff at the Mac Observer so we can see what you're doing and what's happening. Now, speaking of bandwidth caps, there's another issue here. Which, of course, is that obviously if you're downloading streaming content from a Netflix or a Hulu or of these services, you're going to be consuming bandwidth. And there's so much they can do with video because otherwise the quality gets really, really grungy. And I just wonder what Netflix is doing with 4K, not having a 4K set to test it. But I understand here that Netflix is devising or has devised a way to stream video more efficiently. Yes. What's this about? All right. Well, when I when I uh, heard about this, I was very intrigued, uh, especially because I'm a cord cutter and I'm and I'm uh, pushing up against my data cap every month. And so the deal is, Netflix looked at how they were encoding videos historically, which is they would encode a different version. So different compression settings and uh, and different overall file size based on on uh, certain bandwidth ranges. So if you have a really slow connection, then you just always get this really small file that that uh, is going to look kind of blocky and uh, and all pixely and fuzzy. And uh, and the more bandwidth you have available, the better the video quality is going to be. 
And about four years ago, they had a realization, which is that not all videos are created equally and not all videos need to be encoded in the same way. So they started looking at what the content actually is and uh, and realized they could encode, say, uh, a children's cartoon that has simple images and flat colors in a different way than they encode, um, uh, say, say uh, uh, the Star Trek movies. And so they could encode that cartoon with uh, an algorithm that gave them a smaller file but higher video quality because there's just not as much data there that needs to be processed. Uh, you know, as opposed to summer blockbuster where you have the the jumping cars and explosions and stuff flying everywhere. And, and by the know, way, have you seen the preview for Star Trek Beyond? I have. Directed by Justin Lin, the Fast and Furious guy. So it's Fast and Furious comes to Star Trek. And I'll tell you, this is going to be a data hog. Oh, no kidding. It's going to be a huge data hog. If someone uh, says, huge. Yeah, the, yeah, this is going to be interstellar huge. Yeah, yeah, big time. So, yeah. That, so, sir, is not logical. <laughs> yeah. Live long and prosper. Ah! Oh. <laughs> yeah, although what is logical, at least to me, is what Netflix is doing now. And so they, they've been able to use an algorithm that gives them more efficient compression and uh, and they're encoding movies in different ways based on what the movie is so they can they can give people a smaller file so it uses less data and and give them better quality at the same time so that means people like me cord cutters we, we could see a 20% reduction in the amount of data that we are chewing through from Netflix every month So uh, therefore, when I get to see Jessica Jones, the new superhero series from Marvel on Netflix, and I haven't seen it yet. I know it went online a few weeks back. It's going to look better, but it's going to take up less streaming space. Right. And and what they have found so far is that the the videos when they when they do a side by side comparison of the way they have been encoding and then the new way of encoding the only difference you, you have to look at the data usage because you can't see a difference in the quality we've got jeff gamut of the mac observer and if you subscribe to tech night out plus you'll hear the difference in quality because we encode it at a higher bit rate I'll tell you more in our next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. As the cold and flu season approaches, Silver Lungs is ready to help you and your family through the toughest of the year by supporting your immune system and overall health. From our best-selling colloidal silver generating system to our entire line of silver-based skin gels, nasal sprays, soaps, and silver solutions. Silver solutions remain one of nature's most powerful and least expensive antibacterial agents. Now you can produce your own for pennies a day in the comfort of your home using the breakthrough technology of the Silver Lungs Generator. Learn more today at www.silverlungs.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24 7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866 389 0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24 7 pain hotline now at 866 389 0620. Our representatives are standing by 24 7 to take your call and rush you your pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866 389 0620. That's 866 389 0620. Again, 866 389 0620. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So this is what Tech Night Owl Plus is all about. Obviously, not everyone wants to hear 
the ads. They want to fast forward through them. So what we do is we offer a special version of the show with 41 minutes of network ads removed. And we charge a modest monthly, annual, or five-year or lifetime subscription rate. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We have simple sign-up instructions, and we're also going to be offering a Tech Night Owl Minute. So we have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer here. We were talking about the improvements made to Netflix to use less data, 20% less data, and still give you even better video quality. Now, are you seeing any improvement? I don't know. And that's the awesome thing. My video quality has not changed. And I don't know if, if I am watching content that has already been encoded or not, uh, but I am watching my bandwidth usage to see if, if I notice any change over the next couple months. What they're doing is uh, encoding everything. Hopefully, they'll have every video they have done sometime in the first quarter of 2016. And they have a lot of content. My assumption is newer stuff is getting the the new encoding algorithm. So my guess is when I'm watching Jessica Jones, I'm seeing the new video encoding and using less data, which is cool. Uh, but if I go and watch uh, uh, something that's been in their in their stock library for a few years, maybe that hasn't been re-encoded yet. I'm going to be binging on Jessica Jones this holiday season, partly because the TV series tend to go on this fall hiatus, you know, where they have this big thing. It's like half a season finale, where a lot of shows have a cliffhanger. So I was just mentioning before we started with Jeff Gamut, that there was a fall finale episode of Supergirl this past week. And then it'll be back in two weeks. Hardly, <laughs> you know, hardly a rest for the weary. No but kidding. In this case here, we have two events that happen, one of which Supergirl is fighting Nan, who is the husband of Harant Astra, which is really interesting. Nan, by the way, was a character in Superman 1 and 2, the version starring Christopher Reeve. But in those movies, he had been lobotomized. So he was a dumb brute. Here, he is a very smart guy with a British accent. You know, I kind of like that idea. Right. This is before they got him lobotomized. So that's Nan that she's fighting. And then there was a big reveal. It's in USA Today already. Cat Grant, of course, the owner of that big company, Catco. She, played by Callista Flockhart, Mrs. Han Solo, she <laughs> guesses Supergirl's true identity. All right? And it's not like the old days where Superman or Supergirl, they just, for years, people would suspect, who's that person in the glasses? It kind of sort of looks like the superhero. Now they get rid of that stuff. They realize people aren't that stupid anymore. Like in Man of Steel, Lois Lane knew Clark Kent was Superman from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, they get rid of that. You don't worry about it. Look at Flash. Look at the Flash where, you know, there's half a dozen people there who work with him who know he's Barry Allen or with Green right. Arrow. They know he's right. Oliver Queen. Right. Yeah. And it makes sense because that's not the sort of gig you can have where you can keep it from everyone. You need to have a support team. Except for Batman. Batman works alone and very few people know he's Bruce Wayne. That's true. Yeah, his his entourage on the inside is a lot smaller than uh, a lot of the other superheroes. Although there are quite a few Robins out there that uh, that know who he is. Well, the ones that are left alive. 
Yeah, that's kind of a hazard here. I mean, one of the Robins ended up being a special agent on NCIS Los Angeles. See, that's a good gig if you can get it. Right, that's Chris O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. And that's actually much better than uh, than his Batman gig. Right, the oh. Batman and Robin was a pretty harsh movie. All right. No, they had this director who had no clue what to do. It made it so excessive and annoying. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was disappointing. Let's move on to something closer to our tech coverage. What is going on? I know your colleague Brian Chaffin had an article about this, but what the heck is going on with Apple stock prices going downhill, even though we have no evidence whatever, so far as I know, that there's really any problem with iPhone sales? Okay, so as far as we know, there is no issue with iPhone sales. Uh, But what's happened is that we've seen a couple analysts from from different firms uh, lower their uh, their expectations for iPhone sales, and uh, and they're they're making these changes based on uh, on information they're getting from the supply chain, meaning the the parts makers in Taiwan and China. And uh, Korea that that make the parts that Apple uses in their phones, and uh, and so these supply chain reports that these people are getting seem to indicate that Apple isn't ordering as many parts, and so you can extrapolate out from that that Apple is not selling as many iPhones. Now the problem is that we don't know what a uh, uh, what a supply chain report really means as far as actual iPhone sales. Having one vendor say, yeah, we're not selling Apple as many uh, uh, chips as we were for the iPhone or or buttons or whatever it is, that in and of itself doesn't mean iPhone sales are dropping. It could mean that that Apple is just simply readjusting the flow of parts. It could mean that they have another supplier that they're starting to work with, and this supplier just doesn't know about that. So when they say, yeah, we're not selling as many parts, it doesn't necessarily mean that Apple is selling fewer iPhones. However, uh, what we're seeing right now is that is that some financial analysts are concerned that uh, that Apple is is maybe not going to sell as many iPhones in the next few quarters. Now, so this ha- is interesting because this is repeating history. This happened two or three years ago. We sure. had those rumors. There was no problem with iPhone sales, which were a pretty good clip. But the stock price went down. And Tim Cook famously said at one of the corporate conference calls that you can't take a single supply chain metric and assume it applies to the sales situation. I mean, he made that point so clear, and these people still don't understand. No, they don't. And uh, and so here we are, and and we're seeing Apple's stock take uh, a very noticeable hit. Uh, uh, at the beginning of the week, there there was uh, a drop of a couple dollars, just like like very quickly. And the stock hasn't rebounded back up to where it was before that drop. You know, it gets kind of close, but it's it's ta- it's kind of trailing down right now. So, 
my guess is that we probably won't see that change uh well, like overnight, it's going to take a little while to to readjust itself and come back up. And and we have to keep in mind that the stock market is valued based on expectations. And so, if if expectations lower, then the stock price is going to follow that downward trend. And then when Apple announces their actual numbers. Then, uh, then the stock will potentially adjust based on the the strong numbers that we probably will see, and uh, then that stock value will will go back up. So and, potentially, then, if sales are good during the January conference call, late January for the holiday quarter, that will adjust itself. It really didn't the last time this happened. The thing that bothers me about also some of the media is there is no memory of this. They don't say, well, this happened a couple of years ago, and it was no big deal. This is a big deal, and we'll tell you why in a moment. We've got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. 
And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. We've had an amazing year here at Supernatural Silver. We've truly enjoyed the fantastic response from thousands of people as they've tried our extraordinary product and we're thrilled at the life-changing results people have. Our company email is continually full of happy, satisfied customers who thank us for the help they've received from Supernatural Silver. This holiday season, as you think of gifts to give your loved ones, consider giving Supernatural Silver, a gift that can help provide good health and wellness, a gift that can change lives and make a real difference in a world where we are constantly exposed to dangerous health threats. Give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance. Give Supernatural Silver. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code HOLIDAY2015 for 20% off. And this holiday season, we wish you and yours the blessings of peace and good health from all of us here at SupernaturalSilver.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So again, the media covering Apple never learns from the past mistakes, they just repeat no. them. The media has a very short memory when it when it comes to things like this, and I think a lot of that comes out of uh, of a lot of people that are in the media not understanding the stock market. and And I thought I understood the stock market until I really started writing heavily about Apple. At which point, I realized that I had some serious misconceptions. I still wouldn't consider myself uh, a financial expert. That's a job that I will leave to someone else. But I understand enough of how this works to be able to really understand the the emotional side that goes along with the market, and uh, and the fact that uh, that the value of the stock is based on expectations. And so, if expectations are not met or are exceeded, either way then the stock price is going to adjust to accommodate that. And there are times when we will see the stock price remain static after an an announcement that Apple makes. And that is typically because the value of the stock was already estimated to be in line with the numbers that Apple actually announced. And so in a case like that, you're not going to see the stock go up or down in, in the grand scheme of things because the price value was already baked in by the time the announcement happened. Do you wonder, though, if some analysts or less scrupulous Wall Street investors talk down a stock for their own personal gain? 
You know, I'm sure that there are people that that try to do that because there are people that are that are, as you said, unscrupulous. There are people out there that will try and scam anyone or game the system in any way they can to their own benefit. I would like to think that that doesn't happen very often. And maybe I'm just being myopic and or naive, but I also like to think that in the cases where that does happen, that it it gets caught or at least it eventually catches up with the person that did it. I don't we, think that's happening here, though. It never happens. Oh, just like, go. for example, when stories are written about Apple, and this is not just Apple, it's other subjects too. Stories are written about Apple that turn out to be absolutely a thousand percent false. How many times does a media analyst or a blogger or anyone say, you know what, we got that wrong? Not as often as should happen. Well, it's the same thing as a politician confessing they were wrong when the fact checkers say, you lied, pants on fire, four Pinocchios. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But keep in mind that memories are short. In a lot of cases, it's easier and potentially less damaging for someone to just ignore when they're being called out for wrong information, misinformation, and just move on, as opposed to addressing it and making people's memories last a little bit longer. It's it's lame, but uh, I think that happens a lot. Besides, don't we need an Apple death knell? Oh, we need Apple death knells all the time. and uh, And it amazes me that all these years after Brian started writing, Brian Chaffin started writing his Apple death knells, that uh, that there's still still reports that he can look at, analyze, and dissect, and write up another Apple death knell report. And, and for people that don't know what we're talking about, Brian Chaffin writes a a, a column whenever he sees a report calling for uh, Apple's doom, and, you know, and saying Apple is uh, is on the path to ruin or failure. You know, I have a Microsoft death watch, by the way. Did I tell you that? No. Right. I say I figured. You know what? We're going to have that. I'll have a Microsoft death watch. I read an article the other day. That Microsoft was apologizing for problems with defective Surface tablets. Okay. So I don't know about that. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, not not a whole lot. But I've been pretty busy with uh, with like Netflix and Apple stock and, uh, and iPad Pros and Apple Pencils. So I, I've had to let the Surface kind of slide a little bit for me. But uh, You only know it on the Surface then? Yes, I only know it on the Surface. Okay, I wondered about that. Speaking of iPad Pros, so Apple sent me one. It's next to me right now. And I even have an Apple Pencil in my dirty, greasy fingers. Nice. Isn't that nice? The only thing I'd like to see is a holder somewhere for this, you know, because someone likes to maybe steal a pen from your home. And they look at it, and it looks like a pen, even though they call it Apple Pencil. And they take it by accident, and suddenly they got something they can't use unless they have an iPad Pro, and you just lost $100. Yeah. You know, when people walk off with my pens, I hunt them down and take them back. Except my son lives in Spain, so when he steals my pens, which he does when he comes to visit us, well, you know, I'm not going to jump on a plane or or say Shazam and become Captain Marvel, the world's mightiest mortal, and fly to Madrid. 
Take your magic cool. ring and say Shazam. And off you go and uh, no uh, no baggage fees. Yeah, I think, though, that you're probably a little bit uh, more tolerant than I am because if someone took one of my favorite pens and left the country, I would make them package it up and ship it back to me. I'm horrible like that. Yes, you would be, huh? It depends. See, most pens I have are, you know, the ones you get free from the doctor's office or something, or I buy at the Walmart for three for two dollars or something like that. I'm just guessing. It's like my choice of watches. I have a twelve dollar and eighty eight cent watch from Walmart. And the Walmart watch is perfectly good. I've had this thing, I think, since last spring. We've mentioned it before on the show. And it keeps pretty good time. Maybe it gains a couple of seconds a month, which is no big deal. And I'm happy with it. It works fine. It's not scratching any that I can see. It has a stainless steel case. Twelve dollars and eighty eight cents. It has a multi-year warranty, but to use the warranty, you've got to send them $6. Just go buy a new watch. I would think so, because it's not worth the bother packing it up. If you need a new battery, some jewelers will charge you $10, $15. Walmart charges you $5. I suppose that's worth it. Although I hope that a year or two from now when I need a new battery, I'll have enough money to buy a new watch, or maybe even a better watch. Maybe I'll consider an Apple Watch. Let's get back to the iPad Pro. You've worked with one. Yes. Let's have your perceptions. When I first was able to get a hold of my iPad Pro, I was not able to get an Apple Pencil or a smart keyboard to go along with it. I liked it, but I felt like I had just invested in a really big iPad. And then I got my Apple Pencil it totally transformed the experience. What I found is that where I really liked my my previous iPads as artistic tools, I don't want to use them anymore because now I have the iPad Pro. I mean, I don't want to use them as artistic tools. Just the experience of, of drawing on an iPad Pro using an Apple Pencil is unlike the experience I get on, on any other Surface tablet-type device. It's absolutely wonderful. It's absolutely magnificent. And uh, and this, just overnight, once I got the Apple Pencil, became my go-to artistic tool. I'm absolutely loving it. You are an artist, then? Yes. Now, I will tell you one thing. I can't draw worth anything. But I played with it using the Notes app, Mm -hmm. writing handwriting notes. And the action feels like writing with a regular pencil or pen on a normal surface. It really does. They capture that so well. And I think that makes it far and above what you could do with a normal tablet and normal stylus. Apple has got this thing in a totally different dimension. Yeah, I I think they've done a really good job of mimicking pencil or pen on paper. It still doesn't feel exactly right to me, but... I draw a lot, so I'm very critical of of that tactile feedback. Uh, but the tip on your Apple Pencil, you can unscrew, and it pops right off. There's no reason why Apple couldn't design new tips that have different feels. And so you can just buy different tip packs, unscrew the one that you're currently using, and pop a different one on, and have a very different experience using Apple Pencil. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I really hope they do because that takes a tool, the Apple Pencil, that's already absolutely fantastic. And then 
just puts it light years ahead of all the competition. Or let third parties do it. Let third parties develop extra tips, things like that. We've got more to come with Jeff Gamut and the Mac Observer and his Apple Pencil. He's drawing things about me now you don't want to hear. Uh, I'm Gene (laughs) Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, that caricature of you, is that drawn by you? Yes. This is the one on his Skype avatar. Yeah. Oh, well, the one on my Skype avatar, no, that one I didn't draw. But uh, caricature of me you see on every other social service, or (laughs) social service, social network, is one that I drew. The one on Skype, it's a a little South Park caricature of me. That one I need to update to to the one that I drew. Years ago, somebody drew a caricature of me. This is when I was maybe 30 years old. I don't want to use it now because, frankly speaking... You know, I think I've changed slightly. Not as much, though. I actually weigh a little bit less than I did when I was 30. So you look even better now. You're guaranteed. But if someone wants to take my picture on my Facebook site or from our radio show site and use that to make a caricature, Jeff Gamut, I would not object. Maybe you can make it with your Apple Pencil and we can have a test. This is what Gene Steinberg looks like 
when someone draws his caricature with an Apple pencil? You know, when I draw people, I am using now my Apple pencil and iPad Pro. It, it is my go-to uh, setup for for drawing. Now, this is very important here because this is something that Apple emphasized during their rollout for the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil. And this is something that creates a new productivity market for the iPad by doing this. This is only with the iPad Pro. I mean, you can buy styluses for other iPads from third-party makers, but this is specifically made and compatible with the iPad Pro. And it makes it more productive. Now, there's still a lot of things with the iPad Pro I won't do, I can't do. I can't put this radio show on there for editing because I can't capture Skype audio with any tool. Not, not easily. Not easily. Whereas on my Mac, I got Audio Hijack from Rogue Amoeba. And it's simple. It's seamless. And I do all sorts of things on it that you don't know about. Like, for example, I apply some noise reduction to the signal. So what you're saying is, is you take the effort to make me sound better. Thank you. Actually, I take an effort to make me sound better. But of course, everyone goes off for the ride. I need more help than most people because I'm older. I'm older yeah, as the hitters and I got to make this voice. It's very old. I got to make it like I'm young. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget, you look better than you did at 30. Yeah, I was interesting there. I wore these wire rim glasses then. Mm-hmm. I think I wanted to make myself look like John Lennon. Sure. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. But I'll tell you one thing, one story, last story before we get on to more stuff. And that is, I did come sort of close within one day of talking to John Lennon on the phone. I was working at a radio station in Vermont, and this is when John and Yoko, back in, what, 1968 or something, had this sleep-in in Toronto. Mm-hmm. That's where they did that song, Give Peace a Chance. Yes. In the hotel room. And I heard he was there, and I called the hotel and they said he left yesterday. Oh, missed him by 24 hours. That would have been such an awesome, awesome experience. So the only interviews I got were the Vanilla Fudge and Gary Puckett and the Union Gap from the All right, 60s. Well. All right, I got the interviews with them. I don't have recordings of them now. But they seemed like nice kids, both bands. And I did have a ticket to Woodstock. Nice. I'm working at a radio station in Vermont. I have a ticket for Woodstock. And the wife and I, this is wife number one, wife and I are going to go to Woodstock. It was maybe, I don't know, a couple hours drive, a couple of three hours drive on the New York Thruway. And then the station program director, a guy named Ron, comes to me and says, Gene, you've got to work Saturday. But I've got these tickets I was going to go. I'll tell you what, give us the tickets. We'll record some segments there, maybe get a couple of interviews. All right, fine, wonderful. Monday morning, I go to work. Ron. Tell me about Woodstock. I never made it. Why not? The New York Thruway was jammed. We spent hours trying to get there. No go. Served him right for depriving me of the opportunity to see Woodstock in person. That's karma right there. Right. Okay. I won't remark about the fact that not too many years after that, he and his wife got divorced. And he ended up in L.A. producing low-end plays or something. I don't know. As a... Again, karma. Is that it? Oh, yeah. I, I feel so good about this already. Yeah, you, you should. You know what? It's, He's probably listening right now, wondering what happened to that guy, Gene, that I work with in the 60s. What's he doing? Well, 
I'm still in radio. I guess I never went anywhere. You were the smart guy and you figured out how you could make radio still work for you. He, he had to leave. He had to go uh, uh, produce, uh, what would you say, low-end plays? Low-end plays, because I don't think he ever got very big with it. And I think he did those plays, produced those plays, mostly to meet females of the other sex and, you know, have relationships. I don't think he was there to be a serious producer. Because he, he struck me as being the seedy kind of producer. I guess he could sue me. But I think he's probably five or ten years older than I am, and he doesn't really care anymore about dealing with things like that. Maybe he struck it big, and he had a really lucrative retirement. Yeah, maybe, and uh, and now he just lounges on on his on his big producer studio couch, or he has a place in Palm Springs. Yeah, that too. Okay, so there's an editorial from Brian Chaffin that came out just the other day about Samsung and Apple, and Samsung number one agrees to pay money to Apple on the one hand, and on the other hand, they're filing a Supreme Court appeal. Now, is that like trying to have your cake and eat it too, or what? Well. I think this is all part of Samsung's uh, legal tactics. So what they did was they agreed to pay a partial settlement in the patent infringement case where Apple had been uh, awarded. And so this is drug on since, what, 2010? And Samsung still hasn't paid any money. And they've been able to work the legal system just to drag this out. And my guess is that they have the, have a tactic that just goes on with whatever their their uh, their big game plan is, and that included at this point saying, "Okay, we will now pay this partial settlement, but we will also pay it on the stipulation that it can be overturned, and Apple would then have to give us the money back plus interest, or if uh, if." certain patents are ruled invalid, then we can demand our money back from Apple with interest as well. And uh, and so while they're doing that, then they move forward with the rest of their legal process and uh, and they have some grand scheme to, to, in their mind, make this work out in their benefit. And so now we're at the, at the point in the game where they have to uh, petition the Supreme Court to hear their case, which they did. And uh, they're asking the Supreme Court to say that, no, they actually didn't have to pay Apple anything. So, uh, so yeah, there, there's a big master game going on here. And Samsung is very well versed in playing this game. And this is not their first uh, patent infringement rodeo. I think they just really have a fine-tuned machine when it comes to to playing the legal game so that they can work around patent infringement issues. Right, but they have to assume the Supreme Court will even care, unless it's an issue that really requires special attention, like setting a precedent or dealing with different states having different rulings on a particular pressing issue. They're not going to do it. They'll take on maybe a few dozen cases. And the chances they'll deal with two tech companies, one of which is a foreign company involved in some kind of patent infringement suit, I don't think they'd care. Yeah, th- this one I, I'm kind of up in the air on uh, as to whether or not the Supreme Court would actually hear the case. Uh, the, my, a part of me is saying they're going to refuse to hear the case and let the the lower court ruling stand, and 
Yeah, so I think I would be kind of surprised to see this this uh, get heard by the Supreme Court. The case that I think will get heard is the Apple ebook antitrust case. Just my my Jedi instincts are saying we'll we'll see that one go before the Supreme Court. Probably not this patent infringement case, though. Well, remember now, this is the week where the Force awakens. Yes, yes, and we got to do a break now, otherwise they will not let us awaken. We've got Jeff Gamut here for one more segment. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Concerned about harmful contaminants in your water? Look to ProPure, the most trusted name in gravity water filtration systems. ProPure, with the silver-infused Pro1 G2.0 filter, removes over 200 contaminants, including VOCs, heavy metals, chloramines, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, fluorides, and radiologicals. We don't just say it, we back it up. The Pro1 G2.0 filter is NSF 42 certified and independently tested to meet NSF SF-53, and P-231 standards. Pro-Pure Water, the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. Purchase with confidence in quality, performance, and customer service. Take advantage of our biggest holiday 25% off sale going on now. Visit your authorized Pro-Pure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. 800-544-3533. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. 
You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer for one more segment, this one, and we're focusing here on Apple and Samsung and Samsung petitioning the U.S. Supreme Court for relief. They don't want to pay that fee, and I don't think it's going to happen. There's the other issue, which is the ebook action, or Apple lost. So Apple had its problems with the court-appointed observer, as we all heard, mm-hmm. and I thought The Good Wife, where they had Nathan Lane playing some kind of bankruptcy monitor who has to come to this legal firm to see what was going on and eventually he actually becomes friendly with them you know he's a, he's such a great actor in any case here i thought of that character as i envision the court appointed observer coming to apple for compliance all right so they're petitioning the supreme court what's their argument okay so apple they, they have been stating even before the original trial, that they did not uh, participate in a conspiracy to artificially raise the price of ebooks, that they worked independent contracts with all of the book uh, publishers, and uh, that this change to the to the ebook and print book pricing structure was something that the publishers had been looking to do. And that Apple just happened to be the convenient place to start with that. And so Apple has uh, just been pushing through all the different appeals processes to get Judge Denise Coates' ruling overturned. And they've had a little bit of success in that uh, before the court appointed monitors, time was up. They were able to get uh, courts to limit his authority which which was good because there basically wasn't any guidelines for him and and that was really a necessary thing to have and uh, they they've been able to get courts to say that yeah maybe there should have been a, a different take on on uh, on how this case played out but but no court has yet committed 
or gone as far to say Judge Cote was wrong in her ruling and uh, and just flat out overturned it. So now we go off to the Supreme Court and we have the setup with Apple presenting all kinds of evidence all the way along as as it led up to the Supreme Court, and uh, and we have we have other companies that are now filing uh, uh, what are called friend of the court briefs in Apple's defense saying that uh, the case should be heard and that Apple should not be held as guilty in this case and that uh, Judge Coates' ruling should be overturned. Would Apple have done better to insist on a jury trial or is that available for this kind of lawsuit? I don't think that was available for this type of lawsuit. Now, I'm not completely certain because the 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 way the legal system works with the Department of Justice is a little bit different. It's it's not like a, like a full criminal court sort of thing because the the Department of Justice can't actually charge you with a crime. So when when the DOJ takes you to court, it's it's more like a, a civil case. And so there are different rules that that come into play here, and uh, and it may actually be that a jury trial was not an option in this case. The question I have, though, is if you look at what happened and why it was done, and I don't know the laws at all and don't pretend to, what about the fact that Amazon had taken complete dominance of the ebook industry? And this was done as a way to combat what Amazon was doing. You know, that's come up many times. And that's been part of the defense that Apple used. Uh, Amazon had had a, a, a really strong uh, stranglehold on the market. They were selling books below cost, and they were driving their competition out of business. And Now, Amazon, I think, to some degree, wants to take over a lot of publishing because... They make it very easy for sure. book authors to publish them themselves. They have something called Create Space. In addition to Kindle, of course, for ebooks, Create Space, where for no money down, no money up front except for paying for the copyright and the ISBN numbers on your book, it costs you nothing to submit your book file to Amazon. And you get paid, of course, when they sell books. Of course, the problem with that is you're restricting yourself to online sales from your site or Amazon. But since Amazon dominates so much of the book industry, maybe you don't care. Yeah, a lot of people don't care. They're just glad to be able to sell their books. Other people look at this as a, as a dangerous uh, level of control over the whole publishing market. And uh, I, I guess it just depends on what your end goal is as as an author. But the the problem that we had, and well, and to a degree still have, was that no one could compete with Amazon. So brick and mortar book resellers were going out of business. And and then other companies that were selling books online were going out of business because to compete with Amazon, they had to sell everything at a loss. And that is not a sustainable business model. This is something that was a major concern for book publishers. And so that they worked together and figured out that they could change the pricing model from what's called wholesale. That's what Amazon was doing, where they buy the books at a set price and sell them for whatever they want. 
to what's called an agency model. And that's where the book publishers say, here's what it costs and here's what you sell it for. And so book publishers wanted to take control over what the the cover price for a book was. Now, in some cases, that meant the price of a book went up, but in many cases, it did not. It, so depending on who you talk to, it was either a wash or book prices went up marginally. Now, one thing here, we have to wrap up in a minute. I guess the perception might have been on the part of the Department of Justice is that we have publishers colluding with Apple to fix prices for books and therefore maybe in some cases raise them. Mm-hmm. And that is the issue that they were arguing, even if it was done in the most innocent of intentions. But I think the fairest thing to do if you're going to allow that to happen would then be to go after the things that Amazon does to dominate the market as a monopoly player. And all this has done, of course, was to certify what, what Amazon has done and to give them dominance. And right now, you know, the things that Amazon is doing to sell merchandise, they've got Prime Now where you get your merchandise in two hours and an hour if you pay a special fee in many cities. I mean, they're doing all sorts of stuff there. You can buy your groceries from Amazon. What can't you buy from Amazon? Jeff Gamma, tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff you do. Oh, you can find me over at MacObserver.com, along with a bunch of other really talented uh, authors. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamut there. And you can find me on a bunch of podcasts because apparently I talk a lot. So do I, even though they try to stop me. Somebody stop me. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me on. It's always awesome. Yes, awesome. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas. is The attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey system. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Did you know that home break-ins increase more than 100% during the holidays? It takes just 10 seconds for an intruder to kick in your door. But police response to a home alarm system is more than 20 minutes. And intruders are in and out of your home in 5 minutes. Thieves know that you're not home and have presents inside just waiting to be taken. And if you are home, how safe will you feel with an intruder lurking inside with your family? That's why police across the country are recommending you use door armor. Proven to withstand the force of a battering ram, door armor keeps intruders out. It's easy to install and barely visible, and your door armor is guaranteed for life. Go to InvasionStopper.com for a very special buy one, get one at half off deal. 
These savings are for a limited time and only available to GCN listeners. Protect your valuables and loved ones this holiday season. Go to InvasionStopper.com now. That's InvasionStopper.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV As the cold and flu season approaches, Silver Lungs is ready to help you and your family through the toughest of the year by supporting your immune system and overall health. From our best-selling colloidal silver generating system to our entire line of silver-based skin gels, nasal sprays, soaps, and silver solutions, Silver Solutions remain one of nature's most powerful and least expensive antibacterial agents. Now you can produce your own for pennies a day in the comfort of your home using the breakthrough technology of the Silver Lungs Generator. Learn more today at www.silverlungs.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, joining us, and we're going to revisit a subject first that we had talked about when it first happened in June, which is the beginning of Apple Music. And Apple Music's rollout was pretty shaky. The interface was shaky. And among all the complaints, and we'll go back and cover some of those complaints in a moment, was the fact that classical music was given short shrift with Apple Music. And Kirk McElhern likes a lot of different kinds of music. He likes Bob Dylan. He likes a lot of rock stars. He also loves classical music. What was the problem, Kirk? What was Apple doing wrong or not doing at all? Well, the main information you need about music is information about music. In other words, unless you're listening to the radio or, you know, a web radio station, you're looking for specific music and you need to be able to find it. Um, what, What Apple Music did wrong initially is that you couldn't see the names of composers or performers when you were looking at classical music. So you might look at an album in the news section or the For You section, and, okay, the album cover might say Vivaldi Violin Concertos. And in that case, you have an idea what it is. But another one might say music from 17th century Germany, and you have no idea 
who the composers are, or in many cases, who the performers are. So in the iOS 9.2 release and iTunes 12.3.2, so the latest versions of each, they have added this information for a lot of classical music, not all. I think this really depends on the record labels. They're the ones who put this information, what we call metadata, so data about the files. They include this with their files when they upload them to the iTunes store. In, in browsing through Apple Music, it's not a high percentage that shows this information, but I have a feeling that it's going to be piped in more and more. Essentially, it means, and you can link to an article on my website where I show one screenshot of an album called 4,000 Winter. It's Daniel Taylor, who's a singer in the Trinity Choir. So you know that from the cover. Before, you wouldn't have known that the first track was by Anonymous and the second one by Sir John Tavener and the third one by Matthew Martin, etc., etc., you would just know the names of the tracks. So now you get more information, which means, A, you can search for this information and you can find the tracks more efficiently if you're looking for a certain composer or performer. And B, if you're hearing an album, particularly this compilation of works by different composers, and you hear something you like, then you can search for more works by that composer. All in all, is this something that really, really improves things for you? It's a big deal. It'll really, really improve things when it's available on most classical albums um, in Apple Music. Again, for now, it's not. I mean, if you even if you just look at the list of new albums and you click on some of them, um, you'll see that some do, some don't. Um, it really depends on each album and each label. But I'm a little surprised by that because Apple should have all this metadata for almost all their albums. Um, and the fact that some of them, particularly new ones, some new ones aren't showing this metadata is a bit surprising. So it, it's a question of time for them to roll it out. I, I am, however, reassured by the fact that they did make this step, um, that they are paying a little bit more attention to classical music. And, you know, as you say, I'm, I'm a big fan of classical music and I write a number of articles about classical music. Um, so it's reassuring to know that I'm not saying that Apple has been paying attention to what I write. Um, but at least, you know, they did something that went in the right direction. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm in touch with a lot of iTunes users, many of whom are classical music fans who've been very frustrated by this. And this could be something that helps convince a few more people to go for, um, Apple music subscriptions. Now, why did it take this many months to fix the problem? Is it that that's how long it takes and Apple is just still developing the service and maybe they released it a little bit early? I don't know because, you know, if you look at a playlist, for instance, um, of any kind of music, you see the artist and the, the album title and all that. So I don't know why they didn't, it's almost as if they didn't think of including this for classical music. And, and there were a lot of complaints, not just from me, but, you know, a lot of, I think there was an article in the New Yorker some months ago um, by someone who was complaining about this saying, you know, it makes it impossible to find anything. Um, Apple, you, you can't say that Apple's necessarily receptive, but I think they really want to get um, Apple Music as, as, as broadly adopted as possible. Um, you know, they've got the Taylor Swift and 
things like that. And now they need to start paying attention to the, the niches. Um, classical music is, is less than 5% of record sales in, in the US, in Europe, around the world. It's relatively minor, but a lot of people who buy classical music buy a lot of music. And frankly, a streaming service that's well-organized with really good metadata is just ideal for a classical music fanatic, the kind of person who wants to listen to you know, multiple versions of the same work by different performers, which is you know, something we do. If we really like a, a Mahler symphony, we want to hear how different conductors and orchestras have played it. Now, and it's interesting here as to how this varies from listening to popular music. I mean, if you listen to the songs that were covered by many artists, like the Beatles yesterday, do you want to hear every other version of that song or something, the George Harrison song? you want to hear George Harrison's version, the Beatles with the Abbey Road album? you want to hear Frank Sinatra's version or maybe Tony Bennett has a version? So that's the difference. With classical, you tend to want to listen more often. It, 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 for, if you're, a, if you're a fan of particular types of music, and, and I said Mahler symphonies, or and it could be Beethoven string quartets or Chopin piano music, you like this music and you appreciate, this is, this is interpretive music. Um, different interpreters play the music in different ways. And, and the more you delve into classical music, the more you learn to appreciate that this one plays a little faster, this one plays a little slower, this one with more emotion, this one with, you know, uh, more tension and all that. And a lot of classical music fans really do appreciate comparing performances like that. Um, you mentioned I'm a Bob Dylan fan, and I've listened to a lot of covers of Bob Dylan songs, but I'm not that interested in hearing every cover of Blowing in the Wind. Or Mr. Tambourine Man, other than maybe The Birds. Yeah, so there are a couple of exceptions. Um, the Birds, Mr. Tambourine Man, um, Nico's I'll Keep It With Mine, which is a song that Dylan didn't initially record. Um, you know, there are some good covers, but they're not. it's not the same. You don't sit down and say, oh, I'm going to listen to Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde and find every cover version of every song, uh, even though there probably are quite a few. So if you're looking at this now, compared to the way it was before, compared to the way it was before, how do you perceive iTunes and the ability to manage your classical music now? It's better. Um, but remember that we're not talking about iTunes. We're talking about Apple Music. We're talking about the way you browse for music within Apple Music. Um, we're not talking about the way music is managed um, in iTunes itself. That doesn't change you either see that information because you've displayed the columns that show, you know, artist, composer, et cetera, or you don't see the information. So it, it's not a question of, it, it, this isn't an iTunes issue. Okay, now that's it with Apple Music Now. Has Apple done anything else to make the experience better? You know what? Let me do a break right now, and we'll get back to this. So once again, changes made to iTunes, better handling of classical music, more respect for the needs of the listener, the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few or whatever. I don't know how that started. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. As your body ages, there is a 10% decline in your ability to repair each passing decade after the age 28. By age 40, your ability to repair from demanding manual labor, exercise, or a stressful desk job has declined by 12%. By using One World Way, you supercharge your body's ability to repair and eliminate inflammation. Our unique frequency-encoded whey protein, coupled with our high-quality whey, improves your cell's ability to make protein, which is to say, repair itself. My name is Jonathan Wright, and I'm 40 years old. I recently went from a desk job to a manual labor job. Normally I'm worn out. With Energy Enhanced One World Way, I now recover so quickly that I can perform very hard work all day long. I use Energy Enhanced One World Way for breakfast and lunch and I experience less hunger throughout the day. I have a 30% increase in energy and I just feel better. I plan to make Energy Enhanced One World Way a permanent part of my lifestyle. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. So we have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, talking about Apple Music and iTunes and superior management of classical, the ability to handle what people want. With regard to that. Okay, so now, what about the rest of Apple Music? Has it reached the point where you find it's, shall we say, decent? It's a tough call. So you're, you're certainly um, alluding to an article I published there on my website entitled, Here's How Messed Up Apple Music Metadata Is. Yes, let's explain um, what that means because we're getting into geek time. Yes, so as I said earlier, metadata is data about files. So it's a file name. Uh, you know, the name of the file that's on your computer, but it's also things like the, the, the tag information in music files, the name of the album, the artist, the artwork, um, or it would be um, names of directors and actors in a movie file. So it's things that describe the files. And metadata is what you need to be able to search in your iTunes library, as well as searching on Apple Music. I downloaded a set of Frank Sinatra songs called Ultimate Sinatra, Six Hours of Music, I think it's five CDs on disc, and I added it to my library, and I listened to a bunch of it. Then I noticed that after I downloaded it, iTunes had changed the titles of some of the albums, had changed the artists. Um, Some of the songs aren't available. They're split into a half a dozen genres. It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. You know, this was a single album that I downloaded from Apple Music, and what it looks like to me So we've talked in the past about iTunes Match. You add music to your library and iTunes matches it with music in the iTunes store. Now, it may find a song that's on a different album than the one you had if that song is on many albums. And this being a compilation, obviously, none of these are the original albums the songs were on. And it it looks like for a lot of this music, iTunes went and tried to match the tracks that it had downloaded from Apple Music. Instead of keeping the information, the album names and, and all that, um, that was attached to the files when I added it from Apple Music. So it's a real mess. If I look at it um, by song, I can see that um, the, there are one, two, three, four, five different album names. If I look at it by artist, um, the only artist that shows up is Cole Porter. If I look at it by album, I see two separate albums called An Hour with Harry James by Cole Porter. And a third one called Ultimate Sinatra, the one that I added to my library, which has a half a dozen songs. No place else in iTunes do I see an hour with Harry James, if I look at one of the tracks and press Command-I. No place else do I see Cole Porter. It's a mess. Um, As far as genres, let's see, there are seven genres. So Easy Listening gets 55 songs. Jazz gets 52. Pop gets six Swing gets two, vocal gets one, vocal jazz gets six, and vocal pop gets one. All this from one Frank Sinatra album. Now, the the genre question, 
you know, it, it can be personal. Would you call this jazz? Would you call this um, swing? You know, it really depends. And I think that's not a, a big deal as such. Um, oh, I forgot there's two that are in smooth jazz as well. And definitely not smooth jazz. But Smooth jazz. Yeah. I mean, at, at best, I would call this vocal jazz. I wouldn't call it easy listening. Easy listening to me is like John Denver, right? Right. So it's just a mess across the board. There's no coherence. And, and I constantly hear from people who've put their library into iCloud Music Library and tags change and things happen. And I did a test last week after a, someone emailed me with a question. When you have album art, so these are the graphics that are attached to your files that display in iTunes. iTunes displays the album artwork for the first track in an album. And if you have different artwork for different songs, which you may or may not want to do, um, if you're using iTunes Match, it changes them back. And I did an experiment. I took an album. It was the, the last waltz set by the band. It had been matched. So I started, I changed the artwork on the second track. I started playing it. And then I skipped from the first to the second track. And at the top of the iTunes window, the little status section, I watched as the artwork changed from the artwork I had added back to the last waltz's artwork. So you can't even keep your own artwork with iTunes Match. Um, I, iTunes and iCloud Music Library insist on changing it back. And this just isn't right. You know, a, a lot of people use a streaming service. They're going to look up a song. They're going to look up an artist. They want to listen to Taylor Swift all day. But a lot of music fans have large libraries where they've spent a lot of time ripping CDs and, and buying downloads and all that. If you listen to Taylor Swift all day, you'll be hearing one song. Because well, the ones I heard all sound songs. the same. Well, yeah, I, but I see, I'm not going to make a value judgment on what people listen to. You know, to each their own. You could say that all of Frank Sinatra's music sounds the same. He has but, a consistent sound. Yeah. But they do vary to a point. I agree, but this is because you and I appreciate it. Um, and you and I don't appreciate Taylor Swift. And, you know, I, I, I'm not into heavy metal. So it, it, to me, it would sound the same as, you know, the similarity across Taylor Swift songs to hear a bunch of, I don't even know the names of bands that play this stuff anymore. Well, it's Led Zeppelin, places like that, and Pearl yeah, Jam. But now, the Frank Sinatra collection that I have is called Nothing But The Best. Okay. It has 22 songs. Yeah. You know, it has the stuff that we're familiar with. Come Fly With Me, Luck Be A Lady, Bewitched, Summer Wind, Strangers In The Night, Something Stupid with Nancy Sinatra, My Kind of Town, It Was a Very Good Year, That's Life, Body and Soul, My Way. A lot of the more recent Frank Sinatra from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And I think it's a really good collection. I happen to like it. It's 22 it, it songs. Is. But So this one is, I think it's 132 songs. Um, well, okay. And, and what's interesting is it spans the different record labels because Sinatra was on a number of labels. And so what you've got is a collection from, I don't know, maybe he was on Columbia at the time, whereas this set includes some stuff, even, even some old stuff from 78s are in this set. So I think all the record labels got together and did a cross-licensing deal so they could put a package together and people wouldn't get the, the bit where they've only got 10 or 15 years of Frank Sinatra's career. Well, there's a lot of stuff there, right? There's a channel on XM Sirius or Sirius XM Radio, satellite radio, here in the States, and I think it's up in Canada, called Seriously Sinatra. Mm -hmm. And it's not just him, it's people who sang yep. in that style. 
And of course, with the 100th anniversary of Frank Sinatra, they had specials. They featured people who knew him. They featured Tina and Nancy, his two daughters, and their kids. And Nancy Sinatra hosts a one-hour show like every week or two where she does remembrances and also plays her favorite tunes. Mm-hmm. So if you like Sinatra, though, and if you, you get Sirius Satellite Radio, and if you're not in the area, I guess you could get the stream online for a monthly fee. They do stream it online. That if would be worth US. it. Pardon? Yeah. If you're in the U.S. They, they yeah. don't stream outside the U.S. and Canada, I think. I think a lot of that is the licensing stuff. Yeah. But I agree that, that Sinatra is not the only one. Um, there is a whole... You know, he wasn't the only person singing in the 1950s, singing that style of music. You know, you, you go back a little bit to Bing Crosby and you've got Dean Martin and, and all these, one Sammy Davis Jr. and all these great people. If you like that music, there's there's a ton of it. And again, this is, so for me, this is what would make Apple Music interesting, the ability to discover all sorts of things. And, and it's true that when you do look at an album on Apple Music, they show you some related albums and related artists. So you can... You know, look at Frank Sinatra and you'll get a Dean Martin album and then you'll get something else. And then maybe you'll even get some jazz that's a little bit different. And that sort of discovery is interesting if you're curious enough to spend the, to ta- spend the time trying to discover. Now, let's take a look at what they show. When I bring up that Sinatra album I have with iTunes, they bring up Tony Bennett. And by the way, Tony yeah. Bennett does duets with Lady Gaga. Yeah, I know. That's She's so good, though. Yeah, I think she ha- she she can handle that. Like, of course, she's from New Jersey, and she can handle that traditional stuff. Bing Crosby, Billy Eckstein. Also, sometimes you see a guy who used to hang around my uncle's drugstore, like in the forties and fifties in East New York. A guy named Sidney Leibowitz, who became Steve Lawrence. Oh, okay. And of course, Mel Torme. And I mentioned Mel Torme because those of us who follow science fiction. And the paranormal note his son, Tracy Torme, who was one of the creators of the holodeck on Star Trek. Wow, the connections here are quite surprising. And I know that guy. So that's as close as I get to Mel Torme, the late Mel Torme, who was also a decent actor and a good yeah. songwriter and a great stylist. And he got pretty sick in his 70s. Tracy had told me about all the things. So uh, you get close to the artist, you know, like Steve Lawrence hanging out my Uncle Abe's drugstore in East New York, that kind of thing. And therefore, maybe that's why I like their music. But no, it, I grew up when we were having that transition from traditional pop yeah. to rock and roll. We have Kirk McElhern. We'll talk about more of this or something on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding. Unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze. Containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Don't forget you can get the ad-free version of the Tech Night Owl Live if you join Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. And we were talking about discovering music because of the changes Apple made with managing classical music. And I was telling him I grew up in the transition from traditional pop to rock. So my brother's listening to Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett and Steve Lawrence and people like that. And I grew up listening to Elvis and Bobby Darren, who went through both worlds because he did some rock and roll songs, he did some folk songs, he did traditional pop. And so Bobby Darren's one of his first songs was Splish Splash, which he yep. wrote. Remember that song? Splish Splash, I was taking a bath. Splish Splash, I was taking a bath. And then, you know, they figured out another Frankie Avalon or someone like that. And then he sings Mac the Knife, one of his most popular songs ever. And people were amazed at what he could do. And then he became an actor in the 60s. And I think he was nominated for a Best Supporting Oscar. I don't think he won it. And then he sang If I Were a Carpenter, which is kind of a folk rock song from Tim Harden was the author. He had a yeah. variety show in the 70s where the guy could play about 25 musical instruments, kind of like Sammy Davis Jr. He could sing, he could dance, he could be funny, he could do impressions. And he died at the age of 37 of a congenital heart defect. Which is You very... have so much trivia. Don't I? Have you ever been on Jeopardy? You, you should go on Jeopardy. Your category should be pop music. The thing is, it's very selective. You didn't catch the reference, the Honeymooners reference there, did you? Absolutely not. You see, I, I don't know. I couldn't you, do you're that. You're not a Honeymooners fan. I'm not a Honeymooners fan. Oh, one of the best episodes of the Honeymooners is called The $99,000 Question. And Ralph Cramden knows everything about popular music. And he's going to go on this show. And he gets Ed Norton to help him. And he rents a piano. And Ed Norton... Art Carney actually could play piano quite well, so he would play along. 
And every time he would start, you know, at Norton's kind of histrionics, he would start warming up by playing da, 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 da. And then he would go into the next song. So Ralph comes up onto the stage. And of course, he's quite anxious about being on stage at the 99,000 question. And they ask him what he does. He says, humana, 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 I bribe a dust. I dust a bribe. Basically, he was a bus driver. So that's the point here. The whole thing was he became completely frazzled. Right. And so the first song they played, the first question they asked was, who wrote Swanee River? So he's thinking, humana, humana, humana. Let us play a few notes for you. And so they play it. Da, 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 da. And the only guest that Ralph Cramden can say is Ed Norton. And of course, he loses. About Jackie Gleason. Did you know he was there a There we big... go. You got trivia about Jackie Gleason. Okay, Jackie Gleason had an intense interest in UFOs and appeared on one of the first radio talk shows devoted to the subject, The Long John Nebel Show, to talk yep. about it. But he was a hard-nosed skeptic, too. And he could interview some of the people who were really wacky, had wackier-than-normal opinions, and he would, he would rake them over the coals, Jackie Gleason. Very intensely interested in that subject. We've strayed a bit here, Gene. Well, you know what? You're the iTunes guy. iTunes is about music. Yep. And so just talking about our various musical interests. You know, the, the one thing that does keep me going is the fact that, I mean, I write a lot about iTunes and it, it can get a bit dry after a while, but it is all about music. And it has me listening to music and discovering music. For that alone, it makes it worthwhile. Okay, so we're, we're looking here about the fact that the metadata is screwed up. Now, every time I look at something from a new version of iTunes or iTunes over the years, you find a slew of problems that are never solved. Yeah. You can see that in OS X. You know, there are bugs that have been there for a while. You may remember, I think, six months ago or so, Jason Snell wrote an article about the incredible expanding save window, that there was this bug in OS X that every time you would go to save something the the save window that displayed would get a little bit longer, like 10 or 15 or 20 pixels longer, until it gets all the way down to the bottom of your screen, unless you manually resize it. Well, I'm pretty sure that still exists. And again, this was months ago that he wrote about this. You know, there are lots of bugs, and it's understandable that there are lots of bugs, and they have to prioritize them. The problem is, um, when you see these bugs that have been going on for a very long time, it's really... It's frustrated. It's frustrating. Yes, it is. And you wonder why aren't they fixing these books? A lot of their services are pretty screwy. Obviously, we always hear about iCloud issues. And Apple has really had a problem with its online services. I mean, you go back to iTools and .Mac and MobileMe yep. and iCloud, and everyone was messed. Actually, I think eWorld wasn't so bad. It was using the AOL infrastructure from the mid-90s. They tried to yeah, come I out with a special. That. Pardon? I never used that. My I, first Apple experience was iTools, Apple Cloud Online experience. They gave me a press account with eWorld. So I did use eWorld. And I kind of liked it, but it was kind of empty because it didn't have as many members as AOL. Mm. And basically every feature was almost identical, except it would have different artwork. Yeah. And Steve Jobs wisely discontinued it because he didn't have enough members, maybe a few hundred thousand or something like that. But this is the whole thing here. When it gets to stuff like data and cloud services, Apple keeps messing it up. 
And that's not so good if you're depending so much on the cloud to deliver the things that you're offering your customers. Yeah, and Apple is is depending more and more on the cloud. Um, you know, look at iPhoto. What is it called? iPhoto Cloud, iCloud Photo Library. Um, you know, all your purchase content that you can either download or stream. Everything you store in iCloud, your contacts, your calendars, and your email. All of this is affected by cloud issues. Um, I know a lot of people. So my friend Rob Griffiths, who I do the Committed podcast with, he has a relatively small music library and he's got a huge photo library. So we compare his sort of his photo library is my iTunes library. And he says there are all sorts of problems with photos once you get to a large library. Um, So it's really it's they're really anxious about getting out new hardware, but they never come back and spend enough time working on the software to make things work. Um, you know, iCloud problems, they've just, I, I will say that things have gotten better. Um, I haven't lost data in a while. Um, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, sometimes you'd have to reset your contacts and your calendars because everything would get messed up. And, and that hasn't been happening to me. And I haven't heard a lot of people having that problem. Um, but in general, I mean, the cloud stuff is just not that easy to manage. So I, it would be good, you know, since, since Apple does depend so much on iCloud for so many things, it would be good if they could really devote a lot of engineering resources to it. And uh, iCloud issues can be some of the most frustrating because you can't do anything about it. Um, if you remember back in the day, there was, a, um, there was an app called iSync. And in that app, you could reset certain things like you could reset your contacts so you'd have a local backup and you'd reload it and that would often be the kind of solution that would just sort of unclog the pipes and all but now you actually have absolutely no way to do it most people have no support for iCloud if you don't have apple care on a mac or if you haven't bought uh, you know an iphone or something recently you can get some chat support but it's pretty limited so i would really like to see them make iCloud a lot more robust What bothers me, Kirk, is the fact that Apple is spending huge amounts of money on data centers. Billions of dollars to spread out these data centers around the world. They're even going to put some stuff, a support center, a data center here in Arizona because the plan to build Sapphire failed and they took over the property. Okay, so if they're spending all that amount of money, all those resources, because it's so important to the services to have it there. Why aren't they spending fifty or a hundred million dollars to fix iCloud? What would it cost? Let's get into more of this in our next segment. We have Kirk McElhern. He has McElhern.com, which is the Kirkville website, and of course he writes for MacWorld and other stuff. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today 
at MaxSales.com. That's MaxSales.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV As the cold and flu season approaches, Silver Lungs is ready to help you and your family through the toughest of the year by supporting your immune system and overall health. From our best-selling colloidal silver generating system to our entire line of silver-based skin gels, nasal sprays, soaps, and silver solutions. Silver solutions remain one of nature's most powerful and least expensive antibacterial agents. Now you can produce your own for pennies a day in the comfort of your home using the breakthrough technology of the Silver Lungs Generator. Learn more today at www.silverlungs.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. 
That's forum.technightowl.com. So Kirk McElhern, $50 million for iCloud to fix it up, $100 million, what would it take? Um, I, I have no idea about the scalability of that sort of thing. I mean, before the show, you and I were talking about web servers and all that, and, you know, it costs 30 a month or 50 a month or whatever for to host a website on, on a, a virtual private server. But imagine multiply that by millions and millions, you know, with all the users. So this is extremely complex stuff. It's not simple. And we've got two things going on. On the one hand, we've got cloud in general, which isn't simple. And then we've got sync, which also is even more complicated. Apple's way of syncing most things is that they're syncing data as opposed to files. So if you use Dropbox, I don't know about you, but I've never lost a file in Dropbox. I've never had a corrupted file. With Apple, it's different. While you can put files in iCloud Drive, all of your contacts, um, your calendar, you know, all that sort of data is stored as data, not as individual files. So I think they call it blobs in database speak, right? You've got a blob, which is, you know, this record of a contact and their information, and it goes into a database. So it's syncing that is a lot harder when you've got multiple devices. You get what's called collisions when you change things on two devices. And if the first one is different than the second one, you know, you have to know which one is the correct one to change. Does anyone do it? I mean, Microsoft has their cloud stuff. Do they do it better? I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of complaints about it. Google seems to do Gmail pretty well. Google Docs, which I don't really use very much, seems to be reliable. But I think that's more, it's a file-based thing as opposed to a database thing, right? The long and short of it is it doesn't matter what it is. It has to be fixed. And it goes to the point here where we've seen more and more criticisms about the quality of Apple's software services. I mean, very few people are complaining about problems with Macs or iPhones or iPads in terms of the hardware. The hardware is pretty solid. Occasionally, Apple has an extended repair program for a Mac. Maybe fix a screen or some kind of hardware thingy. You know, thingies are very complicated devices. I learned that in Klingon. But with their software and services, we're hearing more and more about operating systems and everything just not being as robust as it should be. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't been hearing a lot of complaints about hardware um, recently either. You know, every once in a while you get a new Mac or, or an iOS device or something, and there's really something wrong for a lot of people. And I haven't heard too much of that. Um, so it's safe to say that on the hardware side, they're probably making a lot more progress than on the software side. Of course, hardware is essentially easier to fix. Worst case, you replace it. And in the cloud, you can't do that. No, if it breaks, it's up to them to fix it. And it's something that's not just going to impact one person. It will be at least a subset of users in a specific location or everyone. And a lot of that, of course, is even if you have multiple points of failure, as you do with iCloud, if one point fails, it may take down a subset of the system or spread to the entire service. And I kind of know this because what we do with our sites at technightowl.com and theparacast.com and rockways.com is we use a separate DNS service, which has points of presence around the world. It's called DNS Made Easy, if you want to look it up. And what this means is that there are always fallbacks. If a system fails in Amsterdam, Holland, 
the site will still be available to people. Yeah, Apple uses a massive content distribution sure. network. Right. Um, and theoretically, this should prevent it should prevent too many people from getting um, affected. I, I can't remember any major iCloud outages in recent months. You know, every once in a while, there's a thing where iCloud emails down for a few hours or um, people can't use FaceTime and all that. And, and I'll give them credit that that hasn't happened for quite some time. I do have an iCloud email account, and I will sometimes see that it times out and can't answer, but then the next time I check mail, it works again. Um, so in the past, when they first started iCloud, they weren't using their own data centers. They were using Akamai's data centers. And I think they've moved progressively over to their own data centers where they've got better management. I'm just speculating if that's why things seem to be more reliable. I don't know. But it does seem that in general, you, you've still got the problem of data corruption and loss and all. But you don't have these outages that we've had in the past. All right. So maybe there are positive developments, but something like this takes time. So, for example, we had Apple Maps, which debuted in a very shaky fashion, I think, in 2012. And Apple has made steady improvements. And now, and this is not going to help Google much, on any iOS device, two-thirds of the people are using Apple Maps and maybe one-third's using Google Maps. And that's a lot of money because Google makes, I've heard, more money from being available on an Apple product than almost anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I think the Apple Maps thing was Apple playing catch-up to Google. And they probably released Apple Maps way too early. You know, you look at Apple Music and it's Apple playing catch up to, well, pretty much everyone because there are quite a few streaming services. Um, as we know, Apple traditionally is the company who isn't necessarily first out of the gate, but they provide uh, a product or service that is better um, taking advantage of the experience of people using, you know, a product or service. Look at the um, the iPod is the best example. Being late out of the gate these days is a lot more difficult than it was 15 years ago when the iPod came out. Um, there weren't as many competitors. And today, it's a lot easier for a company, um, a startup, to get um, you know VC funding and come out with a product that might beat one of the bigger companies. Of course, the bigger companies will just buy it up eventually. And that's what the, the founders of, of startups generally want. Um, but Apple's playing catch-up in a number of areas. The, the Maps, I, I still don't use Apple Maps. I use Google Maps on my iPhone, and, and I, I admit that pretty much any time we travel, um, unless you know we're going to a place we know, I'll use Google Maps because it's the easiest way to find where I'm going. I, I just don't like the, the display of Apple Maps. There's not a lot of contrast. It's not as easy to see things. Um, Apparent people who who do use it find that it's getting better and doesn't you know tell them to turn right into a lake or something anymore. Um, but I you know I, I think it's just that if Apple had waited six months or a year, maybe they wouldn't have had all the bad press they had when they first released it. That bothers me so much that Apple's doing that because it doesn't help. You always get the perception with some of these new products that they are maybe a month or two shy of development. I don't think the Apple Watch was quite ready. When it no. came out, I think the Watch OS 2 update in September made it much more ready. It wasn't quite there. There were problems that were fixed. I don't know about TV OS for Apple TV. I don't have one. I do know that there was a 
apparent hardware-related bug with the iPad Pro. You probably heard of this, where you fully charge it and it becomes yeah. non-responsive. That yeah. was fixed with iOS 9.2. But it meant that product was out for a few weeks before that happened. What's going to happen now is we're going to break, and then more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Just recently, we've witnessed some of the most catastrophic disasters in history. Be sure to prepare yourself with great-tasting, high-quality, GMO-free food that has a 25-year shelf life. Of course, we're talking about the foods from SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. And don't forget, the human body needs up to three quarts of water every day to remain healthy and hydrated. So check out our water bricks at survivalfoodalliance.com. Go to survivalfoodalliance.com or call 877-223-1776. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey system. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Winter has just begun, and are you already tired of being cold? How would you like to never be cold again? This is Dale with Fortress Clothing, and I'm here to tell you, you will never be cold again with Fortress. If you're tired of freezing your butt off, elk hunting, sitting in a tree stand, deer hunting, winter camping, fishing, ice fishing, no longer fear the cold. If you snowmobile, ski, snowboard, get Fortress. Sledding with the kids, shoveling the walks, shopping, or if you or your spouse get cold feet at home, get Fortress. If you're stuck outside working in the cold or find yourself in an emergency situation, get our winter bug out bag and you will never be cold again. Fortress is the answer, so quit complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. It's a mid-layer garment that goes with anything you want to wear. Enter coupon code RADIO and get 20% off any item. Go now while we still have inventory. FortressClothing.com We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help. So it has the tools.
tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Before we return to Kirk McElhern, I want to tell you about something. I want to tell you about... Tech Night Owl Plus. It's our special premium service where we're offering the ad-free version of this show for those who didn't want to hear the ads and don't want to bother fast-forwarding. We cut out the 41 minutes. We give you better audio quality, all for a modest monthly, annual, five-year, or lifetime subscription fee. To learn more about it, go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. We'll have some more episodes of the Tech Night Owl Minute coming soon on Tech Night Owl Plus. So with Kirk McElhern, we're talking about the possibility here that maybe Apple is releasing even hardware sometimes a little too early because of software limitations. I don't know how you change that unless suddenly you say, well, if you promised a product before the end of January, it comes out in March, or you just have to go with it. Well, we saw, for instance, the Mac Pro, the latest Mac Pro, uh, it took a long time. And I don't remember when, I think it was in June at a WWDC that Tim Cook promised it would be available before the end of the year. And it was like available on the 29th of December. So that was clearly delayed. I think Apple's biggest problem right now is that they've boxed themselves into a a windowing strategy of product releases, that a new iPhone has to come out in September, October, um, iPads are a little more flexible. Uh, Macs obviously don't follow that kind of rule, but the iPhone being the main product for Apple, this controls all of their development because a new iPhone means a new version of iOS, um, which means a new version of OS 10 because there are so many things that work together. So they're stuck into this 12-month pattern, which is actually problematic. There are times when 15 months might be better or even the 10 months might be enough. But they've locked themselves into this rhythm. You want to release an iPhone in the fall so people buy it for Christmas. But I think we've gotten past the point where smartphones are a novelty. Um, People will replace them when they need to replace them. They're not, I don't think you're getting as many Christmas sales as in the past. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, But, you know, the smartphone penetration is such that trying to focus on uh, just one quarter to launch a product doesn't seem like the best way to do things anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds to me like you're making a very serious point here. Maybe well, it's I'm just better. It's, it's, you know what? It may be best when a new Apple product comes out to wait three months. You mean to buy it? Yeah. 
a, a lot of people are starting to do that or waiting to upgrade, you know, when a new OS 10 comes out or whatever. Um, it's not necessarily a bad idea to get, because when, when the final version of OS 10 comes out, it's still a beta. And it's not until the first update that they get rid of, you know, a lot of critical bugs. Same with iOS. So, yeah, more and more people are waiting and not updating. And frankly, if this wasn't how I made my living, I would probably wait a, a cycle as well. You know, instead of updating at 9.0 on my iPhone, it updated 9.1, that sort of thing. So what is Apple to do about this? Well, so the... the, the there was an article, uh, a couple of articles this week, um, suggesting that Apple's um, iPhone sales for 2016 will be lower than 2015. It would be the first year that they would not have increased, but will have decreased. Um, they are reaching saturation in in a market. They they are not providing a whole lot of reasons to buy a new iPhone. I mean. The marketing for the success, everything has changed. It's just total BS. You know, there are some changes, but there's not that much. I would like to see a, a product. I would like to see a, a marketing approach that doesn't focus on that 12-month period and that doesn't nail things down so hard because we'd benefit in terms of hardware. We'd benefit in terms of software. And again, the link between iOS and OS X makes it even harder for Apple. They can't release one and then the other. I think the last time they did that was it three years ago when iOS came out and the new version of OS X came out a month later. I don't remember the release dates this year, um, whether it was exactly the same date for both, but I'm pretty sure it was the same week, wasn't it? I think it was a week or two later that OS X El Capitan came out compared okay, to iOS. But it wasn't much. No, it wasn't much. Ago, it, was like, it was more than a month. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like a week or two. That's all. Pretty close. Now, the other thing here that bothers me when we talk about the operating systems is Apple has a public beta program. And I guess anyone could join it. One time they said 1 million, but they don't say anything now. So if you really want to try out the next version of OS X or iOS, no problem. And even now, they're almost always perfectly in sync with developer releases. When they first tried OS X Yosemite last year, the number of releases for the public was less. Now, within a day or two, you get everything. Doesn't matter. You want to sign up. The walking wounded can sign up for Apple's public beta. And you think you've got a million or two million people getting these seeds. What has Apple learned about it? Or is it just marketing? I, I think so that this is both a good thing and a bad thing. Um, the more people using your software the more bug reports you're going to get. You're going to get crash reports. Um, and, and it's not even the users submitting bug reports themselves. It's crash reports, crash reports getting submitted automatically. An app crashes, Apple gets a report, they get enough of them for a given app, they look at the reports, they figure out, oh, hey, this is going wrong for all of these, we can fix that. And that's something you get with a million users. It's not something you get with, I don't know, 1,000, 10,000, 20,000, whatever. Um, the downside is that they are going to get so many bug reports because you've got developers filing bug reports as well as um, the people in the pub public beta. Um, there are so many of them that they're just overwhelmed. Um, now, I file bug reports for iTunes. Um, I don't really bother with too many other apps. And I find it interesting. So there are two things that happen when you get a bug report. 
one is after a while you'll get an email that says, okay, well, this is a duplicate of bug number so-and-so, so we're closing your case. And that's fine. That means someone else has reported it. But I have gotten a surprising number of contacts from Apple's developer team asking for more information about the bugs I've reported. In other words, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are reporting iTunes bugs. And we all know that iTunes has bugs um, and lots of bugs. Um, and, and I've talked to a couple of developers about this, and they're very surprised because they almost never get any feedback from Apple other than this is a duplicate and it's closed. Whereas for me, I, I would say, I don't know, a, a decent percentage of bugs I file, I get requests for more information. So they're asking for log information, and sometimes they have you install things on your device so they can collect specific logs. Um, to figure things out. But the bug process, I mean, I don't know how many people work on this, but I think my friend Rob Griffiths calculated that they get 30,000 bug reports a month or something. I mean, some really ridiculous number. Um, It's really hard to sift through all this because while there is a format for submitting a bug report, you don't choose from a menu when you choose to describe your problem. Everyone's describing it in their own way. So they've really got to sort through all of this and, and collate it and figure it out. It's a massive job. All right, let's stop and think here for a moment. We have mind-boggling statistics here about the things that Apple has to look at with regard to bug reports. With so many bug reports being submitted, you think here that they have to increase the staff just to pay attention to them. And when we get back to things like public beta testing, does Apple look at that feedback at all? Because a lot of the bugs that you hear about are things that existed before that product was released. Apple has to know. There are enough people out there. Like, for example, in my particular situation, El Capitan 10.11.2, still getting the stalling effect in Apple Mail, where it just freezes up for about 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm seeing that a bit, too. I'm seeing that on my MacBook, not on my iMac. We have Kirk McElhern seeing it on his iMac. Oh, therein lies a clue. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Thank you.
A revolution in body protection has arrived only at FortressSurvivalLLC.com. Introducing the revolutionary patented Level 3 Bulletproof Vest. 100% Kevlar, 100% American made. Concealable, fully adjustable, and the lowest price on the market. Adult size normally $289.99, now just $250. Kid size normally $239.99, now just $200. Get affordable protection with a Level 3A Bulletproof Vest from FortressSurvivalLLC.com. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Psalm 31.3. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. With a new year coming, it's time for a new way to look at weapon storage. Safes can't be accessed quickly and racks are unsafe for children. Covert cabinets are the next level in home defense. They fit seamlessly into any home's decor and they provide quick access to firearms while keeping them uniquely hidden. Covert cabinets, the ideal hidden storage solution. Custom made in the USA. Covert cabinets are an elegant and practical alternative to the bulky and obvious storage systems of the past. Find out more at covertcabinets.com. That's covertcabinets.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we have this bug that we've seen where mail will stall for about 30 seconds. You click on something, nothing happens. You don't have to force quit or anything. Just leave it alone for 30 seconds. It starts working again. None of the OS X El Capitan updates have fixed it. It began with the first El Capitan beta. I have it on an iMac. Kirk, you have an iMac too, right? Yeah, I have an iMac and a MacBook. On the MacBook, you don't see it, but you see it on the iMac. No, I I see it on the MacBook, not on the iMac. Reverse of me. Yeah. 
that doesn't even help us to know, you know, okay, is it a um, hardware problem? Is it a software problem? I'm guessing it's software. Both of mine are on Wi-Fi. What about you? No, the fact of the matter is here that I'm on a wired network right now. It's on this iMac. I am on a wired network. Yeah. I see no reason not to be because the router is about two, three feet from me. And plugging a wire to the router is trivial. Why should I deal with the vagaries of Wi-Fi when I can just go indirect? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. So that means that for you, it's not a problem with Wi-Fi. I've heard of people who have still have Wi-Fi connection problems, um, not something I've seen. As always, with all this troubleshooting, you've got this sort of long list of things to rule out to try and figure out what's going on. It's really annoying. It gets worse all the time. Yeah. I, you know, it's frustrating. I mean, w we write about and talk about technology because we like technology. It's interesting to us. But sometimes it's just too much. Okay. We don't need new everything every month, every year. We Let's get to know what we have and make it better. I, I think sometimes of Apple features that they add to their operating systems that, you know, they make this big to-do about it when they present them, and then they sort of go nowhere. I mean, AirDrop, for instance, you know, which you can use to send files across devices. I don't know many people for whom it's ever reliably worked. I've given up on using it. I, I just won't bother because it's just been such a headache. And, you know, there are all these features that were so big when they were presented, and then that they just kind of fall into this abyss of nothingness. An abyss of nothingness? Yeah. Pretty depressing when you think about it. You know, just uh, parenthetically, I consulted the reviews of El Capitan, and it started at two and a half stars. It's now, if I can get the thing to work at all, it's now at three stars. The one-star reviews are about 45% of the total. Wow. 45%. Now, this is for 10.11.2. They had, as we look at this right now, about 425 reviews. It's going to be a lot more when you that, check. That's not things. a lot, but of course, the reviews get reset to zero every time there's an update. Exactly. So with 425 reviews, it gets three stars. Now, I think Yosemite did slightly better, but it bothers me. This is supposed to be the release that fixes up all the ills, makes things work better. Well, well not all, but... But fixes a lot of problems, yeah. Right. You know, the, the dot one fixes the really serious problems, and the dot two kind of goes a little bit further. Okay, so we figure most of the serious problems should have been resolved by the point two. They're not. Whereas with iOS, I don't see any serious problems at all. I mean, I had some issues with apps quitting at the early stages, but through 9.2, I have practically no problem at all. I'm I'm just trying to think. Um, I really don't have anything that's not working, other than AirDrop. Um, I don't. I'm not seeing anything that's not working on my iPhone or my iPad. Nothing that stands out. I've got a couple of non-Apple apps that have issues, but I'm not seeing any real problems. The the thing is, um, so I'm just looking at these reviews. First of all, it's interesting how few there are, considering you know the millions of people who use it. But most people aren't going to bother to write a review. One of the Here's a four-star review about a 2001 um, MacBook Pro. Here's one with a, a two, the two, sorry, 2011 MacBook Pro. Here's another one with a late 2011 MacBook Pro, and it's a two-star review. I, I think a lot of this is, 
you know, El Capitan supports all of the Macs that could run Yosemite, and that goes pretty far back. Um, maybe while it's really good that they've got such backward compatibility, maybe they're just going a bit too far back. I mean, 2011 is not too far back. 2009, that's starting to get a little bit. That's starting to get a little bit old. But you and me, we visit the forums sometimes, and we see the kind of problems that people have, and you know. We know that the people who post in forums are people who are annoyed, as opposed to people who are really happy. You don't post in an Apple support forum saying, hey, everything works great. And um, I think that's doubly true for an operating system. You kind of expect, oh, it's just the operating system. I'll download it. I'll install it. I'll get back to work. I won't really care. But if you have a problem, boy, do you care. And I think with the operating systems especially, it's very, very heavily weighted. It's not where you download an app and it's an optional purchase, you're making a special effort to get that product and therefore you're going to be more attentive to reporting problems or even saying, hey, I bought this app, it's great, let me tell you about it. Yeah. And that's why maybe the operating systems aren't getting quite the love because of that. Okay, so the main thing people to know, people need to know, is that when you upgrade your operating system, whether it's a major update so 10.10 to 10.11, or a minor update, 10.11 to 10.11.1, always make a clone of your hard drive before you do the upgrade. If you have a problem, you can always restore from the clone. If not, you're going to have hours and hours of reinstalling things. And I've had a couple of problems. It's been a long time since I've seen a serious enough problem where I've had to do this, but it's good to know that I've always got that backup. Um, and if something does go wrong, I'm protected. Because you know, I make my living from my work on computers just like you do. And if you really depend on your computer, um, make that backup. It's, it's just, it's essential. Now, what I do also is on my websites, I have two backups, usually a system backup where the particular place that I'm getting the site from, they have a place for backing up. I use that service. In addition, I subscribe to an offsite service and other part of the country. And every day, there's a full backup of the entire server drive. Everything is backed up because I have to be paranoid. That way, I know I'm never more than a few hours away from something that's a backup, and therefore, I don't lose anything. Yeah, backing, cloning your hard drive is different because you're never more than a few seconds from being able to boot from that external hard drive. It might be slower than your, your Max SSD or whatever, um, but you don't have to worry about downloading anything. It, it's essential. I mean, really, you can get burned with um, uh, an operating system upgrade. It, we all remember, what was it, in iOS 7 when there was an update? and Well, iOS 8, the update where people with the iPhone 6 couldn't make calls or anything. This one was the iOS 8.0.1 update. Yep. It bricked the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. It made Touch ID unresponsive. You just had to restore and the restore process would put on iOS 8, it would fix it. Within one hour, Apple withdrew that update. The yep. next day, they released 8.0.2. Yep. But Apple never heard the end of it from the media for that one hour well, it, it was on. Yeah, and, and it's another reason, even if you don't wait, wait a month um, for upgrading, at least wait a day. Because all the early adopters, they see this on Twitter that it's out and they go, boom, I'm going to update right away. And if there's a serious problem like that, you'll know quickly enough. 
We know that Kirk McElhern did a great job as usual on the show. Where can we find more of your stuff? You can visit my website, Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy, and I write about other stuff about Macs and iOS devices. You can find us on Twitter. Go to Tech Night Howl. Look for Tech Night Howl on Twitter. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. We're going to talk about this week a book called How to Talk to an Alien. Maybe we'll learn Klingon? I don't know. At theparacast.com. We also have another feature of the show called Tech Night Owl Plus, where you get the ad-free version of this show. Better quality audio. Tech Night Owl Minute coming all for a modest monthly annual five-year or lifetime now subscription rate at plus.technightout.com, P-L-U-S.technightout.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.